You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. On April 12th of 2018, Facebook's live feature aired footage of a 27-year-old woman cowering in fear as a man paced in the background. Everybody want to be famous, he said. I'm going to make you famous, he continued. That's when he ended the woman's life live for the internet to see. You're watching Darkness Prevails, the best place to share your creepy stories with the world, because this world is a strange one. Even after Facebook has been under massive public scrutiny and outrage, due to taking and selling the data of its users, people are logging in and signing up to Facebook in record numbers, according to the Washington Post. But much more terrifying things can happen than simply having your information stolen. Because sometimes using Facebook can cost you your life. Enjoy these allegedly true stories of creepy Facebook encounters. Number one, my horrifying Facebook friend, submitted by Kieran. This is a story I haven't shared with many people. To this day, even my parents don't know it happened. What I'm about to tell you is as true as I can state it, an experience that still haunts my mind. I was 16 years old at the time, not a very happy 16-year-old. I was bullied in school quite often, and I'd had my heart broken several times by guys who often manipulated me. I had one best friend, someone I'm still friends with and close to to this very day. In short though, back then I was very alone, and to escape that, I turned to social media. At the time, I mainly just browsed Omegle, then Facebook by creating a furry roleplay account. I had just discovered the fandom, and it seemed nice and friendly to me, even if a lot of people think it's cringy. I chatted with people and slowly made new friends. However, one day, I got a friend request that I wish I never accepted. I can't quite recall the name, but the messages between us will never leave my mind. He seemed nice at first, told me he was my age, and we talked about furries and whatnot. He mentioned he was single, and I was too, so we ended up exchanging numbers. This was the mistake I made that costed me big time. Everything seemed fine, until a few weeks later, when he asked me if he could see me in my underwear. I've never been that type of person. Even knowing his age was the same as mine, I didn't want to do it. I kindly told him no, and he backed off. But another week later, he tells me, have you ever wanted to live as a pet for someone? I can take good care of you. I can make you my personal baby factory. I was both horrified and disgusted. What did that even mean? I quickly responded with, no, why would you even ask someone that? 
Then he sent his next response. It sent chills down my back. How about you send me photos, little girl? No clothes. Or maybe we can roleplay. I mean, you wouldn't want to see anything tragic happen to your siblings, would you? I was numb when I read that. I never told him I had any siblings, so how did he know? I couldn't respond to it, not right away. Eventually, though, I gave in to the threats, and I sent him those regrettable photos. Photos I never wanted to send. But when I said no each time, he would just threaten to hurt me or my family. This continued for a good month, until one day he said, Would you mind sending me a photo of you playing with your sister? My stomach became sick, and I did it too if only to protect me and my family. But that was the last straw. I told him I can't and won't do any more. But he then said, shame it would be if those delicious photos you sent me were spread all over the internet. He had me. I didn't know what to do or how to respond. I was panicking, thinking so many awful things in my head. Finally, I told him it was enough, and we were done. His last text was, All right, it's not my fault what's about to happen. A few months passed by and nothing did happen. I'm 20 years old now. I work a part-time job and I've started a new relationship with an actually nice guy. I don't associate with fairies or that community anymore, and within those four years, that disgusting pedo pervert never messaged me again. I often wonder if he really did leak those photos, but I think he was bluffing. Either way, that time of my life I was scarred from the abuse, and most of all, it taught me to never add just anyone on Facebook or any social media ever again. If anyone hears this, be careful. Young boys and girls are easy targets, and searching for love is not a good idea on the internet, no matter how easy it is. I do not wish this upon anyone, and I hope no other boy or girl falls victim to this. Stay safe. You never know how depraved or sick a person can be, even on something as simple as social media platforms. Number two. Don't have a boyfriend at age 13. Submitted by Leo. First, let me go back to grade six. I've always had trouble with reading, so I was in the special needs group. It was an elementary school and it sucked because I had to wear an uncomfortable uniform. Being a picky child, I absolutely hated it. It was the beginning of a new school year for me, so I was to go find my classrooms and teachers. But there weren't too many rooms to find. I mean, it was just elementary school after all. Reading period came along and I went to find my class. I found it after a while of panic and terror. I've always struggled with anxiety and low self-esteem. Thankfully, though, it was a small reading class that included only four other kids, not counting me. 
I made friends with all the kids in the class throughout that year. Throughout the year though, I had to battle depression from my friend passing away. It had happened just before the school year started and it hit me like a brick wall. Well, me and this kid, I'll call him Cal, became friends. We would hang out throughout the days and we became friends on Facebook as well. A couple of 12 and 13 year olds on Facebook. What could go wrong? Turns out Cal had been on Facebook for quite a while. After we became friends, he would often send me messages on Facebook and soon enough, they began to get really dirty. That should have been a big red flag to me now that I look back on it, but back then I just thought it was weird. He would ask me really odd things, things he didn't need to know. Some were very personal questions. When seventh grade came along, things got rougher. We were coming of age after all. I should note that this is about the time he told me that he loved me. He would bully my other friends and treat them like bugs though. I guess that was his way of expressing love. I was scared of losing my friends, so I didn't do anything because I felt like no matter what I did, I'd be losing someone. And then he pressured me into talking bad about them. The whole time I was just weak. I would tear myself down and Cal wouldn't help. He would say that I was good to him and stuff like that, but then he would go and do rotten things to my friends. He got my friend's cousin to turn on her and make fun of her as well. This went on and on, and I would get so sick of what he was doing that I tried to confront him about it, but he would turn it around and say that I didn't care about him, and if I did, I would help him and not turn on him. Again, I was depressed and weak. It felt like I needed him in my life so I could love myself. To make matters worse, throughout this whole drama, I got into a fight with another close friend of mine, one that I'd been friends with for about seven years, so my mood and self-esteem slowly worsened. Then came that day. Cal, believe it or not, was acting weirder than normal. The questions were worse than before. On Facebook, the messages were asking me, can we play seven minutes in heaven? And when he came over, he continued that line of questioning. I was scared, but I said no. He begged me, but I still said no. Later on, he'd message me on Facebook again, telling me about a weird dream he had, about a clown having his way with him. It was graphic and detailed, and made me want to just block him once and for all. I didn't know what to say. One day when he was over, he went up to my room with me to relax and chat. We sat down on my bed when he noticed that I had some handcuffs in my room, one of those old cheap kids toys that were made out of really thin metal and only used a lever to unlock it. He picked them up and said, handcuff me to the bed. I looked at him confused. I did what he said and he began moving. Then he started saying, ow, ow, so I undid it. He held the handcuffs up and said, now you. After a long debate, I caved. He handcuffed my hands behind my back. He slowly got closer to me as if he was going to do something, but as fast as I could, I got out of the handcuffs and I pushed him off the bed. His face twisted in anger, then jumped on me and started touching me. I thought I was weak then, 
but after that, I was just a shell. Like the scared little girl inside of me had just passed away. I was a wreck. I ended up being hospitalized because others feared that I might harm myself, but I'm doing better now. It just really shows you that these social platforms like Facebook give people of any age virtual private rooms where they can say, confess, and do anything they want. They act as places where even kids with the most terrible thoughts and desires can act out in unhealthy ways, and their parents won't ever know. Well, until something horrible happens, I'm living proof of that. I should have seen the signs from those dirty messages. I should have done something back then. But now, things will never be the same. Number three, Old Creep, submitted by Ivy Rose. When I was 14, I was pretty heavy into the Facebook stuff, and I happened to be in the emo scene phase. During that time, I met this guy online. He had his name on Facebook as Beto Rock. His name was actually Brian, and he said that he was 17. We talked together for a while, but after a month of getting closer to one another, he asked me out, and I said sure. Of course, this was a bad idea, as I'd never met him before in real life, but you know, when you're young, you often learn after the fact of what to do and what not to do. Anyway, everything was fine until he started basically begging me for dirty photos. I of course said no, I wouldn't go that far, but without me even asking or saying anything about it, he sent his own disgusting photos to me. Right away, I told him not to do that. I asked him why he did it, and I said not to send any more, but he did anyway. He kept sending photos and asking me why I didn't love him like he loved me. I tried to say yes, I did love him, but he would continue to pressure me. I don't know why I put up with it still, but I did. Three weeks later, I got a text from his supposed model girlfriend who told me he was actually a catfish, that he didn't live in New York and lives in another country. She said he was actually 24 years old. I got him on a Skype call, even though he didn't show his face, but from his voice, I could piece it together. You could tell he was older than what he said. I don't know why I didn't realize it sooner, so I called him out he didn't admit it, but he said he had other girls he could be with. So I said fine, and I blocked him. About a month later, he found me on Instagram and said to unblock him. I said no and blocked him there too. Two years later, when anyone would think it was long over, I had a new boyfriend, but this freak ended up getting his information somehow and texted my new boyfriend and began spreading lies about me and threatening both our lives. The scenes he painted were straight from horror films. He made me feel more endangered than I ever had before. Turns out he was able to call my phone service providers, pretended to be me, got a copy of my SIM card, and was able to get the location of my phone, 
along with other important info. So we both ended up taking our phones outside, smashing them to bits, and pouring water on them. It doesn't matter what age you are or how wise you think you're being, never trust anyone you don't know online. Never get too close or give them too much information. This guy knew where we lived and was threatening to end our lives, so who's to say he couldn't have tried? I might even go as far as to say I'm lucky to still be alive. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number four, never trust the internet. Submitted by Lucy B. I was 14 at the time and didn't understand at all the danger of internet relationships. For a while, I'd been talking to this guy on Facebook named Jacob. We actually met on Facebook and Jacob seemed like a pretty cool guy. We hit it off quickly, and after a while, he asked me to be his girlfriend. I was lonely and wasn't often hit on by guys at school, so I agreed excitedly, and everything seemed pretty happy. He was a year older than me, and we shared similar interests, so I didn't think I had a care in the world. After I let a friend of mine message him as well, Jacob became furious he didn't know why I let such an idiot even talk to him, and that was in his words. I was extremely upset he talked about my friend that way when I didn't do anything wrong, really. A while after this, my friend loved to upset him, but it all started with him saying how he would hurt her and how bad he wanted to do it. He went into a little bit too much detail about how he would do it as well. 
I was starting to get scared, not knowing what to do. But of course, I carried on, pretending like nothing would happen. A few months passed by, and it only got worse. He ended up catching wind that one of my friends tried to kiss me, and he threatened to end all of us. But instead of letting go of him, I let go of my friends so that I could keep him, despite how psycho he was acting. So friend after friend left me over his constant behavior, of his constant threats. I blamed myself as the problem, that it was my fault he was so mad. We eventually broke apart and forgot about one another. Well, at least he did. But now that I look back, I'm horrified at how lucky I was. Someone as violent as that is unpredictable. It's a wonder I made it out of that without a body count. And number five, my creepy stalker X, submitted by Anonymous. It happened a few years back. I live in a small town in India. I am from a very conservative family. The incident took place in 2012, to be exact, and I had just started using Facebook. But of course, I was just a dumb 12-year-old who was desperate for attention, desperate to make new friends anywhere I could. And let me tell you this, I'm a very friendly person, but that year had been rough for me, and I had no friends to spend my time with. I had never been in a situation like that before. I was wholly unaccustomed to being alone. Anyway, I was going through people who could be my friends, sending out friend requests by the mother load, when I stumbled upon a guy. Let's call him D. I had no idea who D was, but he had my best friend as a mutual friend, so I didn't hesitate to send him a request. After an hour or two, I felt my phone vibrate and it displayed a message from him. Without a second thought, I opened it excitedly. It was a simple two-letter message. Hi, it said. It was from D. I decided to reply right away. I wrote, hey, and sent it over. Thinking back on this, I feel like such an idiot. I had no idea who the person was, but I friended and replied to them so quickly, so desperately. After 10 or 15 minutes, I got a message back. D asked me how I was, and then began to ask me about myself. Again, I wasn't thinking too much into it. I was just happy to reply to someone, so I kept the conversation going. I kept answering his questions. After a few more minutes of texting, I logged off. The rest of the day went by pretty quickly and uneventful. The day after that, I logged into my Facebook and found nearly 50 messages from D. They were all asking me where I disappeared to and if I'd mind being friends with him. I hadn't been gone too long and I thought we were friends already, I thought. As I scrolled through the messages and down to the last one, something caught my eye. The newest message said, hey, this is my number. Give me a call or text me sometime. You know, if you want to be friends. I quickly logged out after that. Honestly, I had no idea how to respond to it. It was the very first time in my life 
a guy had shown that kind of interest in me, and being only 12 years old, I decided to give him a call. Almost right away, he picked up, as if he had been waiting every moment for me to call him. We had a long talk. I noticed that his voice was much deeper than any of the guys my age. I mean, I liked that, but it was unexpected. We talked about all kinds of things, like our hobbies, interests, etc. And before I even realized it, we had been on the phone all day and night. Eventually, I think both of us fell asleep while talking on the phone. I thought it was pretty great, but there was only a slight hitch. That night, I found out he was 23 years old, 11 years older than me. Again, I was 12, and he was a 23-year-old grown man, nearly double my age, and I, being an ignorant kid, I lied to him about my age. I went ahead and said I was 18, and he believed it, or he pretended to, because how often can 12-year-olds sound like 18-year-olds? It didn't take too long after that for him to ask me out to be his girl. I said yes, still very much entranced by him at the time. I regret that decision to this very day because once he asked me out and I said yes, he began talking about everything and anything, things that no one needs to hear, especially someone my age. The late night calls got inappropriate. I learned about adult situations and things, stuff I wasn't ready for. At that age, I was nothing more than completely disturbed. I had it at my limit when he began to ask me for photos, and you know what kind of photos he wanted. And for our culture here, even if we were of the same age, it's an even bigger deal. After that, I stopped answering his calls, stopped replying to his messages. He apologized to me over and over again, and I ended up forgiving him. Things slowly began to return to normal after that, but only for a while. Then he became more gross and controlling, demanding to know where I was at all times, and he hated the mere thought that other guys existed around me. After another month of this, I was done. I told him it was over, and I didn't give him any chance to try to be forgiven, because I blocked him. After that, I still received a ton of messages from friends of his, but I chose to ignore them. After nearly a week, I received a call from his mother, and she told me that he was in the hospital, because he had attempted to end his own life. My heart froze and my jaw dropped. I mustered all the courage I could and I told her I had nothing to do with it and I hung up. I couldn't sleep the entire night. It was a lot for a 12-year-old to deal with. A couple of weeks went by and I still hadn't heard anything from him, but I assumed he was fine and I took a deep breath of relief. I didn't know I was getting too happy too soon. After a day or two, I received a call from him, and he sounded indignant. He screamed at me and demanded that I unblock him. He repeated my address to me. I was home alone at the time, 
so this was even more terrifying. He then explained that if I didn't unblock him and get back with him, he would come find me. As I listened to his threats, my soul seemed to leave my body. I was left speechless. I never imagined him saying something like that to me, and I never imagined how real something like this could get. I quickly hung up and switched off my phone. I checked all the doors and windows. I didn't lock myself in my room until I knew everything else was locked. I stayed in my room and I began to hear footsteps outside. They walked around my house for a couple of hours. Someone was definitely outside. I don't know if they wanted to find a way in or if they were simply scoping out the place. They eventually left. That's when I turned my phone back on just in case I needed to call an emergency number. But immediately, my phone was flooded with messages from him. I turned it off again. I didn't turn my phone back on for the whole week. I tried my best not to leave my house except for attending school, which I only did twice that week. When I finally did switch my phone on again, of course there were more and more messages from him, all threats from him. But the last one is the one I still remember. It read, you disobeyed me, and now you will pay. I will be waiting for you. I will be coming for you. This made my heart stop. I ran to my mom's room and woke her up. It was almost midnight. She didn't understand what I had to say at that hour. I managed to calm myself down and tell her everything, and by then I was crying. She asked me to hand her my phone and told me she would talk to him. After that, I deactivated my Facebook account and I made a new one. I even had to change my number so that he could not contact me. I was lucky that we even moved that same year, but I still go to the same school and it still scares me that he might find me again and begin following me. I didn't hear from him until the start of 2015. He messaged me on Facebook. I have no idea how he found me. I blocked him again, not even reading his message, and I hope things remain as silent as they are now. I still use social media, but now I make a point to not add or reply to any strangers. I couldn't believe I waited so long to tell my mom. God knows what would have happened if I didn't. Let my story be a reminder for you that not everyone is as good as their profile claims. Oh boy, how many times do we have to go over this, people? Facebook and any social media can be dangerous. It is not a place to hook up with people. Unless you have some sort of life-risking fetish, I recommend using social media platforms like Facebook to share vague moments of your life. Get in touch with old friends. It's not a place to brag or boast about how your street address has 69 in it, because all it takes is one accidental piece of personal information, and some complete psycho can come to your house, tear your family apart, all while making you watch good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to send us your scary stories at darknessprevails.org submit. We're currently looking for Forest Stranger stories. If you want to support my channel, here are a few ways. Download my free app, 
at darknessprevails.org app. Donate one buck a month on Patreon at patreon.com darknessprevails, or get some of my merchandise at morbidmonsters.com. Anyway, here are my five favorite early comments from the previous video about five creepy stories from Toys R Us. The Money Boy says, Toys are creepy. Some of them, yes. That whole uncanny valley thing really freaks me out. Hotshot16 says, Toys were us. That's even better. Ah, uh, but I'll never forget my Toys R Us shopping days, back when Yu-Gi-Oh cards were everything. Now I'm just into magic. Parvis Gaming says, What do you think about Toys R Us closing? It's their own fault, really. The same thing is happening to old news, like newspapers, magazines, and news channels. They're struggling to adapt in this new world of online entertainment and sales. And instead of adapting, they're blaming everyone else for their problems. Old news talks about every bad thing YouTube does every chance it gets, but they'll fade away pretty soon. Same thing with stores like Toys R Us. If you can't adapt to an ever-changing world, then you deserve to fail. Sounds pretty harsh, don't it? Sorry, but I don't have respect for others that can't take responsibility for their losses. All you ever hear anymore is millennials cause this to collapse or fail or whatever, and it's very, very annoying. Radiated Etch-a-Sketch says, why are those toys in your mouth, darkness? Look, when I was younger, I chewed on absolutely everything. At one point, and don't tell anybody, I apparently chewed on a dog's kidney stone. I was a toddler and my grandma thought it was so big that she wanted to clean it and put it in the house as decoration. Yeah, a lot of freaky stuff going on there. And Cringe Master 69 speak of the devil, says, rip Toys R Us. Now I'll have to find a new place to see the nice man in the van. And <laughs> just come on over to my place. He practically lives here. As always guys, thank you so much for tuning in to my video and for all the people sharing their stories with the world. I'm very honored to narrate them. Until next time, stay safe out there and stay creepy.